Welcome everyone to a single tree podcast. This is episode number 18. We're going to continue talking today about what gives a person value. I'm Joel. I'm Brandon. Hello. How are you, you doing today, Brandon? <laughs> I'm pretty good. <laughs> you are? <laughs> feeling uh, feeling pretty jovial. So You are? Yeah. Gosh, you are in a good mood. I am in a good sort mood Sort of today. this morning. Mm-hmm. Except for earlier. Sure. That's right. Ranting. It's fired up, that but now good, I'm in a great mood. Yeah, it did. <laughs> it lit the fire. Now you feel better. It's true. Last week we talked about self-worth and we talked about traveling through guilt and shame to be able to discover humility and unity, um, which is part of what helps us to achieve value when we can be connected with with others. Oh, and compassion. That was the third thing. I can't believe I remembered that. Um, and uh, so when we can see that we are like others, then we can see our value. And today we're going to talk more about how value really is a, it's a relational uh, and relative idea. So, um, I think everyone has somewhat of a struggle with their own worth and value. Um, we end up talking with people about those things, their their worth and value, a lot. Um, it's almost it's almost inherent. I mean, you come you uh, you come about some self consciousness or self awareness at a certain point in your life, um, and then start kind of trying to decide if you're worth anything or not yeah i mean it's it's what moves us right or keeps us where we are whether that be in a relationship or at a job or it can move us across the country Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. or across the world is Mm -hmm. you know this sense of of value or meaning or purpose it's all kind of the yeah the same thing but those are some related related things it's this inherent inherent powerful thing that drives and moves us it's uh extremely powerful yeah the move to fr- to find meaning or value yeah and to feel it which yeah. Which, feel valuable which can only be felt in proximity to another yeah i in, do think it's i do ahead. think it's a i do think it's a it's a relational thing even the the idea of value itself you know there's there's this question that we were we were examining in the last episode about um you know what is it that that gives you value or worth right and uh you know just again the idea of value or worth you know what are you valuable to right or in what context are you valuable so i think we always have to examine this question of um what is our context and uh and what is the context in which we are trying to find 
value, right? So um, if you just take, you know, basically the, the context, the largest context of um, the universe, right? We'll just, we'll just say that's the largest context for now. Um, you know, asking the question, am I valuable in this context means, you know, another way to say that would be, what do I mean to this, this system? What do I mean in the universe, right? So it's this, it's this question that has to have a context. Right? Question is very right, and that, so the question is very different than when you're asking, "What is my meaning or purpose in the universe?" There's that question, and then there's this question of, "What do I mean to this person?" The yeah, question is very different. Yeah, so you could, you know, place yourself in any context. And you could ask the same question. What do I mean to this person? What do I mean to this family? What do I mean to this society? You know. And so. And keep going out. I think we should talk more about that. And <laughs> because that's what this podcast will be about. But <laughs> so we kind of have to. How? <laughs> I'm also interested in maybe talking a little bit about how guilt and shame can block us from finding mm -hmm. that meaning when we ask that question on different levels. What is my meaning in proximity to this person? What is my meaning in proximity to family, work, the world, the universe as we ask these questions on these different levels how does guilt and shame mm -hmm. block us from finding that yeah experiencing that so so we can just talk about it at all these different levels you know how we come about guilt and shame and then how we can move through that to discover actual value meaning worth so if you just take you know if you just take one relationship with one person, which is a smaller context, you know, um, your value in that relationship is going to be based on certain rules. You know, they may not be actual what we think of as rules or laws, but like basically it's going to be whatever defines your value to that person, right? So that person might have certain expectations for you or things that make them happy in the relationship, right? And, uh, you know, whether you succeed at fail or succeed or fail at, you know, meeting those requirements or those criteria will determine in some ways your value in that relationship, mm -hmm. at least from your own perspective. Um, and that's, you know, like we talked about the last time where we come about this guilt and shame, right? I can't meet these expectations or I can't live up to these criteria. So then there's guilt and shame, right? And uh, so, so like like a sense of in, a sense of entitlement and maybe a sense of obligation as in like in how the rules are being met. So I have these standards and expectations and I feel entitled that to have them met like I want them to. And Joel, your meaning goes down if you do not perform to those standards and then so my sense of entitlement 
arises and then can absolutely have a direct impact on your sense of obligation then sure okay yeah i mean there's so there's rules in every every system in every relationship in every context right so you either live up to those or you don't um, you experience guilt and shame when you don't because you feel um, like you don't have any value you haven't done the right thing and so in that specific relationship or context you then don't have any value and that's shame so when we don't play the rules right then we then there's this mechanism or this energy or this feeling called right. guilt and shame that comes and basically is saying to us you're not playing mm -hmm. the game right yeah so then you move out you know move out into a greater context right your family you know you have value in your family because you play by certain rules or you play a certain role um or you just do the things that are expected of you, right? There are, there are rules in every family about what makes a person valuable, right? What makes a person good in that context, right? And you might, you, you will discover inevitably that you don't live up to all of those expectations, all of those rules. So another context where you can discover um, or just come upon guilt and shame. Hmm. So then, like we talked about last week, we talked about how we how we move through those. It's important for us to pay attention to the ways that we have failed to our dark side as it um, sort of comes about or, or comes um, is, re is revealed to us in all of these different contexts, right? It's important for us to go ahead and um, admit and pay attention to the ways that we have failed or to our guilt um, to the ways we haven't lived up to the rules of the system or the expectations in all of the different contexts yeah it so. seems like you know if, if we go by the rationale that there are rules of the game in these smaller contexts one-on-one -on -one, or family society the universe and that as we live on through life, we abide by these rules. The process teaches us that some of these rules are less meaningful than others, right? Mm-hmm. And even when we recognize that a rule that we had been abi abiding by is less meaningful, we can still have this feeling of guilt and shame come up that mm -hmm. can arise. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, that's that was my point: is that even yeah. if we recognize that we're not <clears throat> abiding by rules that we still believe in, guilt mm -hmm. and shame can come up. But guilt and shame can come up even when we recognize the meaninglessness in rules that we used to mm -hmm. abide by. Mm -hmm. okay. I think maybe because you're, you know, you're still continuing to look for 
a sense of value. And we're so used to relying on the rules to give us a sense of value. You know, we're, we're valuable or worthy if we can live up to the expectations. And, and, you know, even if you realize these are just arbitrary rules or things that are, are rather meaningless, um, you still have this kind of yearning to be valuable right and so um, the guilt um, and shame can also almost just come because um, we don't know what else to do (laughs) we don't know how else to find our value outside of the current rules whatever those are yeah so until we can find a different way to find our value with different and more meaningful rules, we continue to yeah, search for it. Just play the game mm-hmm. with the current rules. Yeah. Until well, well, and if you haven't found the kind of the largest context, you know, which would be your, you know, you could say your, your value in the, the universe then you still have this feeling of, I'm not valuable, right? Unless you've actually found a real way, you know, to get a sense of your value and, and meaning and, and worth, then you're, you're, still, you're still in the shame. You're still in the unworthiness, you know? So then what if you're struggling with shame and guilt and you're playing <clears throat> you're playing well you're you're playing the game well in a certain context so let's provide an example like in a relationship um for all intents and purposes the the rules are are being fulfilled but there's still this maybe this sense of of lack or something of value being felt. Well, what then? Well, I think um, it it could be, you know, sometimes people uh, come into relationships feeling guilt and shame about, about themselves no matter what. And, you know, let's say that they get into a relationship with a partner or, or something like that where they're basically living up to all the expectations, but still, still feeling this way because, you know, they maybe felt from a young age or from some relationships previously that they didn't live up to whatever the rules were. Right. I mean, we, we come about, uh, we, we come upon guilt and shame almost in every relationship, you know, and, and, or it could be because someone, you know, they realize they've, they've done well enough to meet the expectations, but they're not, but they're not perfect, you know, because the, you know, the problem with this whole system of needing to live by the rules to be valuable is that if you're not perfect, then there's a problem, you know, there, there has to be some way that you can, um, I don't know, kind of shore up those deficits to be able to make yourself valuable so it's kind of that perfectionistic 
type of thinking hmm. that a lot of people get into. So yeah, I just want to, you know, I think I think the one of the kind of main points is just that, um, you know, this idea of value is a relational thing. It only exists in um, in a context, right? So we're talking about these, you know, small context and the larger context um, being being the universe or whatever. You know, but, you know, the point really is that um, the idea of value only exists in a context and it only exists really because you're part of a system, right? So a lot of people will say, you know, they, they, they define their own value or they're going to, you know, be able to find a sense of value within themselves. Mm -hmm. But, you know, just even this idea of, of having value at all is something that requires that there's um, something to be valuable to, right? Even if it's to be to be valuable to yourself. Right. So when someone says, I want to find my own value, value in myself, there has to be some sort of experience or recognition of something that exists within Right. It's valuable. So, yeah, self-consciousness okay. even. Right. You know, the, the idea of self-consciousness is basically that you're looking at yourself determining whether you have value or not, or even just, just evaluating your behavior or or your thoughts or, or who you are. You know, that's self-consciousness. It's a it's a relational thing, right? There has to be you you know, you kind of get meta to yourself or outside of yourself and look in. Right, still a relationship mm-hmm. there. Right, the the idea of self consciousness, of self awareness, is so that we can sort of look look in in at ourselves from the outside and determine whether we are valuable in a certain context or not. And it's always this relational context. Does that make sense? So it's um, you're saying it's impossible for us to experience worth outside of some sort of relational context yeah some sort of concept i mean no no one no one exists in a vacuum no no one really exists in isolation mm-hmm. though they might feel like it right and so if people aren't mindful of that or if their awareness of that is limited then would you say they have more difficulty experiencing or finding their value? Yeah, I just think it's going to be, I just think it's going to be limited. You know, like people, people will say, well, I'm going to basically like just love myself, right? Mm -hmm. I'm basically going to just be able to find value within myself, you know? Um, (laughs) <laughs> you know, which sa- which sounds like it sounds like a good idea. It's a- it sounds like you know, all ever everyone wants to everyone wants to love themselves, right? So, and it's a and it's a good thing to do, right? But you know, just even the idea of love itself is something that is 
relational. So you're nature. so you're saying, you know, people have this concept that I'm just going to love myself. They 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 think it's it's done by themselves separate from anybody else when in actuality that's done in 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 the context of relationship in a larger context. I think so. You're loving yourself in the context yeah. of a, a relationship of right. some sort. Right. And even if that were even if that were true, you know, that you could love yourself. Usually people are saying that um because they've experienced some hurts in relationships or or, you know, they haven't they've sought out to be loved by other people. And they've decided, well, that's not really going to do it for me. So I need to just learn to love myself. And they're, But they're doing that so that they can be better in relationships, and usually. Right. And they're still doing it while they have relationships. Uh, yeah. You know. Yeah. So, so the, whole, the whole point of it is so that you can become... Um, you know, more maybe self-sufficient or, you know, um, differentiated, differentiated, something like that, you know, but it's so that you can be a better sort of self in relationship to others. Sure. Yeah. That makes sense to me. So, you know, the idea of self-love, of value, of self-acceptance, it requires a you know, sort of a perspective outside of yourself, right? Self-consciousness is a perspective outside of yourself. Right. Self-awareness is a perspective outside of yourself. Self-love is realizing by getting outside of yourself and looking in that you do have value. Right. And you have value to the system, right? right? So that's how how self-worth and value is always... It's always all relational in nature. It happens in a context. You know, no one exists in a vacuum and no one is really, truly isolated. Mm-hmm. Right? They, they live in a context. They come from a context, right? You are not this person that just spontaneously generated, you know. You have ancestors, right? You have genes that have just been passed down, mm-hmm. you know. You, you exist in a context. All of the thoughts and feelings that you have, all of the impulses happen because of everything that's happened before you. You know, we won't get into the conversation about free will, but, you know, and, and it's not doesn't happen in a deterministic way. You certainly get to take what you have had passed down to you in your, in your genetics and do something with it. Right. But to say that you're actually an individual isolated from other people or even the universe around you is just being, um, it's just, it's just limited. It's a limited view. And so I could see how that would be extremely important on a really, really deep and basic level for the human experience because I think one of the <clears throat> basic human illusions is the illusion of separateness, right? Which 
you know, and you can even reference different religions who will mm -hmm. talk about separateness and how, right. you know, and division and all of that and how it causes pain and suffering. Mm. So, you know, what you're saying really does lend itself to a feeling of connectivity and, and context and can help people operate further away from the illusion of, of separateness mm -hmm. then, mm -hmm. which is, like I said, one of the, one of the most basic illusions that, that there is, but also one of the most powerful things that we can really not only recognize conceptually, but really live and feel mm -hmm. is this, this connectivity, mm -hmm. hmm. which can radically shift our consciousness. Yeah. I think the connectivity is actually, like you were saying last time, I think the connectivity is actually what gives you that sense of value, right? You talked about the difference between like um, being trying to get value by being better than other people versus trying to be valuable by being connected mm -hmm. and being in unity with others because you know that you're no better than other people. Mm -hmm. And that just made so much sense to me for you to say that. That really resonated with me. Yeah, that's just kind of like just being in tune with that sense of of, be, of beingness, which, you know, obviously permeates through us all, you know, yeah. in, in different ways. And I think, I think belonging, you know, there's this idea of belonging that gives us value as well. Like if you take it out to the largest context then and say, you know, the largest context is, is the universe. Um, at least that's what we're saying today. Um, then, you know, the, the rules of that system basically are just, if you are a part of this system, then you are valuable, right? And the only, in the context of the universe, the only way that you can cease to be valuable then is to cease to exist. Right. Which is not possible. Like even if you die, you still in some way just go back into the ecosystem, mm -hmm. right? You're still part of, part of the universe, we mm -hmm. could say, right? So, so really that's where and that's where we kind of discover this inherent value that we have, right? As long as you are part of the system, then you have value. Right? Right. And so <clears throat> I think part of what we're talking about can also invite people to to think about how we can go deeper into that into that recognition that recognition of just this basic fundamental value that we have all of the time no matter what mm -hmm. that's just there yeah you know what i mean because we can get 
very focused on uh that's in that that basic meaning that we have is easy to easy to forget and easy to um overlook when we're confronted with playing the rules of the game of of meaning at our work which are performance mm-hmm. focused mm-hmm. um yeah and i really am you know the more we talk about it i really am starting to think of guilt and 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 shame as very tangible ways that we can work our way deeper than just these the superficial kind of game of finding meaning and yeah. performance and doing and being and mm-hmm. living more deeply into the, just this basic a fundamental value that we have just in our inherent beingness mm-hmm. i agree I think it's, you know, we talked about last time passing through the guilt and shame. I think it's necessary to, you know, realize the rules of the each context, right? What, what makes me valuable in this context to discover the guilt and shame that we have when we realize we can't live up to those rules. Um, and then, you know, the shame is just finding that I don't have value, right? Mm-hmm. And to, yeah, to continue to go deeper and deeper. Or you could say into a larger and larger context, right? Because you don't find value in one context or you find some value and you find that, you know, it's not complete or whole. Um, Go to a larger context, an even larger context. Do I matter in this context? The largest context, you know, there's basically no way that you can not have value. Right. Right. And so it's about... It's about sort of passing through the guilt and shame at each of those levels to be able to get to this largest context, right? Where where everything has value. Everything everything belongs. That's what Richard Rohr says. Everything belongs, right? So and belonging is having value. So it's almost like guilt and shame are ways to let us know that something needs to be shed yeah and that we need to expand so that we can find a deeper mm-hmm. value and beingness and connectedness mm-hmm. so yeah I mean that's you know when you really sit with that that's kind of a that's powerful you know we're 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 programmed that guilt and shame is bad and that if you experience guilt and shame you're weak and something's wrong with you Mm, which is probably the worst thing that's that we could believe Mm -hmm. whereas what we're talking about is that if you're feeling guilt and shame there's a reason and maybe actually what is happening is that there is this alarm going off in a way that is presenting you an opportunity to 
shed something that doesn't mean anything anymore mm-hmm. so that you can find something deeper. Yeah, that's nice. It's kind of an indicator that lets you know you need to, yeah, go deeper or or move into a larger, an even larger context. So what we're suggesting is that people <laughs> radically change their relationship to the human experience of guilt and shame. Yeah. You, you need to, you could maybe see it as a vehicle or you could just see it as a an, a, an indicator or an alarm, like you said, that it's time to sort of be able to shed shed something and move into a larger context and expand your expand your your idea of the context that you exist in it's mm-hmm. not just this one relationship it's not just this one system mm-hmm. it's not just this one society it's the larger universe so like a practical example then and mm-hmm. you know we'll just kind of use our friendship as as an example so you know our relationship i i think is enjoyable and, and meaningful because there's just this shared beingness right and th- we don't have many rules around it but let's let's say f- for example there was uh let's say that i failed in my duty of some sort of rule or whatever mm-hmm and I felt this guilt. Mm-hmm. Now I could feel that guilt mm-hmm. and allow the shame to kind of come in and let myself really punish myself and say, I'll never fail at this rule again. Right. Or if my relationship with guilt and shame were very different, I could pay attention to that guilt and allow myself to go into and examine what was really going on, my failure of this rule or whatever, and maybe use it as an opportunity to find my own value in our relationship and trust that you value me in the relationship, Mm -hmm. even though that rule hasn't been performed to the standard that was set. Right. Okay. Yeah, I think it... I think it, again, is about belonging, you know, that um, your value in the relationship is not about how you have performed or not performed or what you've done or whether you do all the things that I like or don't like. Um, It's about the fact that you belong in this relationship, right? So I think there there is space to confront you know, guilt and shame and say, Hey, I feel guilty about this. And, you know, should I, <laughs> you know, can we, can we talk about that? You know, and, and it's not that, um, we have to stop having rules or expectations or things that we desire in relationships. Um, but as long as you kind of work through those things and you still belong and the person still values you, then, you still have value in hmm. that relationship. 
you know, which brings up, you know, it's a very subtle thing, but, but basically, you know, and it, and it kind of sounds like a circular argument a little bit, but like to have value, you have value because you belong in a relationship, not because of what you have done, you know, um, or even what you offer to someone in a relationship, right? Um, you know, we, we tend to think of value as, you know, I've done all these things and I've done all these things well and someone likes me because of the things that I do or the things that I offer, right? But actually, that's not what gives you value. That What actually gives you value is the fact that someone else believes that you belong it's and the, that you matter. It's the sensing of belonging in proximity to another person. Yeah. yeah. And it's, you know, it's a, it's a little bit like um, beauty is in the, the eye of the beholder. The only reason that you have value in any relationship is because someone values you, right? So, um, again, value is this relational thing. Um, it exists. It always exists in a context, and it's always relative. Yeah, it's like our culture has defined like value as doing, or you know, this is more valuable than other. Like it, it's it's almost defined off of a, like qualities. Mm -hmm. And what you're saying is that really, no. Well, I mean, I guess, yes, on a superficial level, but really the <clears throat> the experience of value is actually the ex the experience or the felt sense of belonging. Mm -hmm. It's not even really value. That's mm -hmm. what we kind of call it on a more superficial level. Right. But on a basic, basic level, it's just this, it's this felt sense of belonging. Yeah. Which has nothing to do with qualities. Right. You have you have value because <clears throat> someone says you have value, whether that's yourself, whether that's God, whether that's another person. You know, if you say and believe that you have value in the context of the universe, then you do. It's a felt it's a felt sense of of belonging and value. Everything if you think about it, everything has value because of um because people say it does right like a like precious stones or even money you know mm -hmm. it has value it's just paper it it has value because we say collectively as a society it has value right um so again there's this idea of you know it, it only has value because someone says it does and we can if we change our relationships with guilt and shame it can help us find a sense of belonging deeper than this definition of value via qualities it's right. it's a it's a deeper belonging it's it's a, it's a beingness which is it's the sense of belongingness it's the sense of connection mm -hmm. it's the beingness beyond quality which is what we're after. Yeah. We're something beyond qualities. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think we, I think all of us want to 
belong and the way that we try to do that a lot of times is by performing it's by doing all the right things because that's how we think we'll be accepted right mm -hmm. um, but what we're actually looking for is just to be accepted even without all yeah. of the performing and doing yeah well, we engage in these games by showing how valuable we are by showing our qualities mm -hmm. and then it's like at a certain like when we go far enough down the road in that we end up getting tired and angry and resentful because we're tired of showing those qualities and we want something deeper. If <laughs> we just wanted to be accepted for who we are. Right. Not what we're doing. I always ask people when they're kind of struggling with their own sense of belonging and value, or not belonging, but str struggling with their own sense of worth and value, you know, do you, do you see other people who maybe don't have the qualities, you know, that you would like to possess, you know, people who aren't beautiful, aren't smart, aren't extremely talented, um, maybe aren't even able, you know, and do you believe that those people have inherent value, right? And, um, you know, almost always they will say yes. You know, so even the people that struggle with their own value um, can believe that someone, a person, has value just because they are alive, basically just because they are, you know. Um, and so I think, you know, we, we apply these criteria or these, these expectations or these standards to ourselves when actually we don't even believe in them. We just can't handle the fact, basically because we can't tolerate the guilt and shame that come when um, we don't live up to whatever the expectations are in a certain context. Yeah, our, our container for that unpleasant right. emotion is yeah. too small. Yeah. Too small and doesn't allow us to evolve into just a deeper existence. Yeah. The other that's, thing... That's really... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the other thing that's really helpful, I think, is just to go out and do things that are stupid. Go ahead and make mistakes on purpose. Be an idiot so that you can kind of discover or remember what it's like to actually be the opposite of what you want to be. I can absolutely identify with how good that can feel. Mm -hmm. You know, I th there's been times where I've made mistakes in in relation to someone that was important to me mm -hmm. and really allowed myself to stay connected to my belongingness mm -hmm. with the other person and really And enjoy that with them even though in, in the midst of the mistake it was it was in, enjoyable actually <laughs> not to say that there wasn't some some fear there but I was really wanting to pay attention to my sense of belongingness mm -hmm. while the mistake had been made yeah yeah I think it's not just about just about making mistakes, going out and doing things wrong on purpose. It's about being really present 
when you do that? What does it feel like, mm-hmm. you know, to feel embarrassed? What does it feel like to feel guilty? Um, and just staying, staying with that, you know, what does it feel like to while belonging to, to make a mistake? Yeah. Cause you still actually, you know, if you, if you, if you believe what we're saying, then, um, you still belong even if you've made a mistake or done something wrong. So feeling right? both uh-huh. challenging yourself to feel both at the same time is right. actually something that allows you to work out of that yeah. illusion of separateness allows right. you to grow your container for shame and guilt, yeah. which allows you to just kind of rest into and live into this deeper. Right. Yeah more meaningful richer existence and some people might say well what if i do make a mistake and then someone does end a relationship or leave me because of it or condemn me because of it you know the the truth is still like though you've made a mistake though you haven't been perfect though you haven't you know played by the rules you still retain this inherent value as part of part of the universe right Mm -hmm. so even if someone says you know that you're not valuable because of what, of what you've done or haven't done it's still you know you still can be present with the mistake with the shame um with your own kind of um inadequacy and still also hold in the other hand your belonging right right so um, but, you know, just doing those things on purpose, like existing in those mistakes, existing in our shames and being really present with them is a really powerful thing. We, we spend all of our time, we spend all of our time trying to avoid that feeling that comes when we've made a mistake, mm-hmm. however that's defined in whatever context we're in, right? That's, we were just running from shame and guilt those feelings right and so to turn around and say i'm gonna i'm actually going to enter the guilt and shame i'm actually going to reveal something that i've done wrong or just even do something wrong on purpose and see how that feels for me to actually stay in it not run from it be present with it and also remember that i still belong you know it's this great really powerful exercise actually oh i could not agree more it's been really healing. I can think of a number of different examples where that's been really healing for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, it's more, it's more like, and that's one of the ways that like, that you can actually change your sense of, and actually get to a sense of worthiness and value through experience rather than just trying to think yourself into a new way of, of feeling or being. Yeah. It's the, the conceptual piece is actually a very small part of what we're talking about. Everybody knows that they should feel better about themselves. They should feel some sense of self-worth and value. But, you know, what actually helps people change is more experience than just trying to exchange one set of thoughts for another. Yeah, because I th- I'm still I'm just kind of convinced that people, humans first and foremost are just experiential learners mm-hmm. you know you, you yeah you can uh <laughs> you can think something for a long time without actually feeling it 
right? You know, we all talk about how we we know the right answers, but we can't actually feel or experience them. We can't actually feel differently. And then some experience comes along and like totally changes your life, right? And you can't help but be changed. Right. Right. But all that time just thinking, trying to think differently didn't work at all. You know, so creating some of these experiences for ourselves on purpose is one way that we can create change, but it's go- it's going to take facing the things that you've been running from. Conscious and routine mm-hmm. experience of what we're talking about. Consciously right. putting yourself in, in that experience and allowing that experience so that real learning and knowledge and wisdom can kind of come about. Right. Yeah, and being present while you do it, you know, and knowing and knowing the goal. You know, the goal in facing your mistakes or just being present in your shames um, is to realize that you do belong even though you've made this mistake mm-hmm. or you've had this guilt or shame. That's the reward for mm-hmm. our initial pain of allowing ourselves to experience that shame right. and guilt and yeah, so work through it. So it's not about just experiencing pain just for its own sake. Right. You know, it's with a goal in mind and, and you know, you're headed somewhere. And remembering that, you know, is really, really important to making that experience effective. So yeah, the um the the idea of value is something that always happens in a context. Right, is it is a relational concept, the idea of value. What are you what are you valuable to? And you know, what we're saying today is that um, value comes from your sense of belonging in the universe or your sense of belonging in a relationship. Va- value really is comes about because someone says that you're valuable, right? Right, and what we're challenging people to do is to find a a deeper sense of of that beyond just qualities. Right, right. In in their beingness, in just their belonging in the universe, and in just presence, really. Right. So. In the context of the universe, every person, everything has value. Just because it belongs. Simple as that. That's you know, simple idea. Right. Not yeah. easy to not easy to do. Or to come to. <laughs> but it's a, yeah. That's a, a good place to stop. Cool. Are you fine with that? It'll do for now. <laughs> All right. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you soon.